What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to try to do, I suppose, an update on all the situations that are going on surrounding the protests, uh, trying to get justice for George Floyd, for Breonna Taylor, so on and so forth. Yeah. At the end of our spring recap, our part two, we spoke a lot about these issues. And I think we were probably a little late getting that episode up. So I think, when did we get that up? Like midweek? Yeah, that sounds right. Maybe and like Wednesday or Thursday. We had recorded that episode, I think, Saturday. And this is before mm. the world like set ablaze, was put on fire. <laughs> so I think that at the time of recording, the only thing that we had really seen was the precinct in Minneapolis um, on fire. Get, on fire. There were a few yep. other things that happened, but I don't think it was as serious as some of the stuff that we've, we've seen since then. And um, yeah. I, I want to say at the time, uh, Derek Chauvin had been charged at the time of that recording, I believe. Yes, yeah. he had been. Because yeah, we they had been, just came with the third degree, the third degree charge. Right. And we had been talking on that episode about how they were looking into charging all four officers, the remaining mm-hmm. three. And I think yeah. by the time that we actually released the episode, they had already done so. So mm-hmm. we're recording this right now, Sunday morning, and yeah. hopefully we'll get it to you guys by Monday. And unless the world, you know, ignites in flames, hopefully we'll have some <laughs> relevant content here. Um, so yeah, so I guess just to, to recap some of the things that, that went on, I mean, um, in D.C., Sunday night and Monday, um, those two nights in particular, a lot of shit went down. It got crazy. Uh, are you familiar with everything that happened? Um, I can tell you what I am familiar with, and right. you can tell me what I'm missing. Sure, um, go ahead, go ahead. So the things that I remember or, or, or are familiar with you know, and again, for for folks that you know don't know, I moved to Chicago, so I'm not in mm-hmm. DC anymore. So right. I'm, I'm watching this stuff on television. Uh, but I saw that um, Donald Trump and his Secret Service and and cronies tear gas protesters to move yes. them out of the way so he could stand in front of a church and get a photo op. Right. Um, he then went back to to or or he did all this right to I guess show to people some sort of a show of strength because he was being made fun of for hiding in a bunker under the white house with the lights off no while... he, he was giving an inspection come oh, on yeah, he was inspecting this right. keep, keep the facts straight he went he there inspected it twice two and a half times two and a half times two and a half times okay. there we so go was, all right he inspected the bunker two and a half <laughs> times and he wanted to show us that he wasn't scared so he tear gassed you know a bunch of mostly women protesters was what I saw. Is that um, what it was? Yeah. That, I mean, the videos, honestly, and I was talking to somebody about this. I think that those videos are going to be the videos that we, the videos and pictures that we see in terms of when history classes are taught about 2020 yep. and about Absolutely. everything that happened. Absolutely. The majority of the people that I saw that were tear gassed in that, in that maneuver were non-black people mm-hmm. um and you know i saw a lot of women in that crowd and it yeah. just really really looks bad for this show of strength to be your tear gassing peaceful protesters you know in front of a church just to get a photo op um so 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 i saw that 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 happened um and Can i then, just interject real quick okay, on that so i have been on record several times because yeah just several times saying how i i generally don't think the peaceful protests do much i mean they have some impact but by and large i think that what really is causing change right now is that some of these things have gotten ugly 
Right. And because I don't think that protests are very effective, and I'm not, I have, mm. I would never tell someone not to do it, um, okay. because I, on one hand, I do think they're necessary, but on the other hand, I don't necessarily think that they're as effective as other means. But whatever. Okay. As a result of that, I don't usually go down there. Um, okay. I did go down there Wednesday night. We'll we'll talk about it. Nothing really happened, but I do want to shout out everybody who was on that street who was peaceful protesting and got their yeah. ass beat because uh, yeah. those they really did get fucked up yeah. and the federal police were going down there and like they weren't just tear gassing they were roughing mm -hmm. roughing heads up yeah and uh seriously i wasn't down there mm -hmm. and i know that i've been raining on the parades of of, of some of these peaceful protests um yeah. <laughs> in this particular instance that is that is not the correct stance and yeah. I just want to shout out everybody who got who was down there and got their ass beat, who was not even expecting that to happen. So just Yo, want to interject with that real agree quick. Agree wholeheartedly. And additionally, I'd like to I'd like to, to see that and raise you that I'd like to shout out all the law enforcement doing what law enforcement do. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they've been whooping our ass like this for forever. And yeah. you know, now we're getting to see people that do not come from our community. Right. being treated the way we're treated every day right. and it's on video and people are outraged like a lot of people are seeing this for the first time like oh my god i can't believe that these people are behaving like this so are so you, you shouting out the police for continuing to the yeah. police brutality yeah you right, stand in your right. shit if that's what yeah. you about you about fucking people up you wanna yeah, cool do that shit now while everybody got their their cameras out the world is watching they see you so please keep doing that okay. um so yeah so saw that um, and then I saw, you know, what you and I kind of talked about off mic, which was, you know, the the, the Black Lives Matter, you know, way or plaza mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the painting <laughs> on there. So I'm sure you have more insight on that. I don't know if you I have a little take bit it more, from there. Yeah. Well, ahead. so I just want to say that. Um, so Sunday night, I think, is when shit really started to get heated. And this is when, uh, you know, things were going up in flames. Mm -hmm. This was when some of the some of the more riot starts like you had cop cars and, and shit trucks and stuff getting set on fire that was you when had, they burnt that church right the one that that uh Trump yeah stood in front of yeah 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 which okay. they didn't burn it to the ground i mean i guess yeah i guess they, yeah. they put that out but yeah this is when like dc started to get on fire right and then i woke up but i, I saw that and i was just like wow this is crazy so i was with some friends on mm -hmm. sunday and I think we were we were we were. I was actually we were cooking dinner at my at my spot. They were helping this group effort, and um, one of the guests was like, "Hey, you know, like shit's getting real right now downtown." I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, it's DC. Things don't pop off in DC." Because let me just state for for other folks, <laughs> generally speaking, right? Generally speaking, in my experience, being here for the last I don't know fifteen odd years in the city uh, or in and around the city, when protest happened, usually the police are pretty cool about it mm -hmm. and generally speaking yes um you know the the underprivileged or the underrepresented uh black folks if you will i'm not even i'm not even sure if I'm underrepresented but whatever the you know the marginalized citizens if you will in dc uh mm -hmm. get their fair share of uh police abuse just like every other city but i do think that generally speaking Police in DC are are generally better than what I've seen in other cities. I agree. Um, I just you don't really hear about some of the stuff, and of course mm -hmm. you don't hear about it. Maybe the sweeping things under the rug, fine. But generally speaking, from what I know, it's a little bit better than it is in other cities. And when we had these yeah. protests, you don't usually see shit pop off. Mm -hmm. Generally, you know, police are, are respectful of the crowds. 
crowds, they voice their opinions, they curse at the police, but nothing really happens. So when my friends are telling me that shit is getting real downtown, I'm like, I'm in disbelief. I'm like, in D.C.? That doesn't happen in D.C. Mm. Then I'm seeing the reports and it's like, okay, shit is real. Then Monday comes along. It's like, all right, well, you know, that happened. I go to sleep again. Hold on. I go to sleep again and I wake up Tuesday and shit is even more real. And I have friends who I work with that are like, yo, like I live in, I live in downtown. It's a fucking war zone out here. But I just want to, I just want to clarify though, um, that Donald Trump mobilized the national guard, right? So, so a lot of these law enforcement individuals that we have in various cities are being, are coming in from other cities um, and other places throughout the U S and, and I don't know if you saw the whole deal where, where, um, Muriel Bowser basically said that she's evicting the um the utah yes. national guard from yeah from, from a hotel, hotel. Right? Yeah, yeah right yeah. so like yeah. so some of these cats that are doing this stuff like you said they're probably not dc law enforcement they're like law enforcement from somewhere else yeah using the tactics that they use wherever they're from we'll get into a little bit about muriel bowser um and kind of the tricky situation she's in i'm not a yeah. a, a, a mayoral dc expert so i'm mm-hmm. sure that there's some people who might be listening to this and they know a lot more details and particulars and than I do, but we will talk a little bit about that. But I will say that when I went out there Wednesday night, um, I went out there with a friend and I think the first thing I saw was actually DEA agents. And I was like, wow, okay, DEA is out here. And then I saw the National Guard. Um, Then I saw some of those anarchists in all black who were on their best behavior, but you see that and you're kind of like skeptical. I saw quite a few of them out there. Nothing happened, they didn't fuck shit up, but still like, yeah. Uh, then I saw I saw uh, DHS like agents like field mm-hmm. officers, which I didn't know that they they had them in uniform the way that mm-hmm. they were in there. Mm-hmm. I thought the DHS agents were usually just like more looking like like FBI agents and like behind the desk folks. It's like no, they had mm-hmm. they they were out there strapped. It's like all right. Then I saw Border Patrol. You know, I, you look. I thought we had a fucking crisis at the border. I thought that was a national emergency. <laughs> You know, you've got all these federal agents in D.C. protecting the White House and you need Border Patrol when we have a, na- a, a national crisis, uh, you know, just catastrophe at the border. We need a fucking wall. So, OK, that's weird. Um, saw more National Guard. I saw people getting off of buses, uh, National Guard getting off of buses, like the big like mega buses. Yeah. They came in like they came three deep and just were just piling off of the bus. Um, and then the, the other thing I saw was. Um, oh. There was another agency I saw. I forget who it was, but either way, they just, they had a lot, to your point, they had a lot of officers out there. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think that when, when shit really got real was obviously Monday. And I saw a clip on Fox News that basically tried to brush it off as like, oh, you know, the it's being misreported. The park services uh, said that, you know, someone threw a, a bottle at, a, a water bottle at um, AG Bar and the tear gas was a response to that no that's all bullshit uh yeah. that is that is just not true at all and i understand that sometimes like facts can kind of like pop up here and there and maybe things do get slanted that's just a flat out lie that shit did not happen um and the, the thing too is it, it definitely was a planned response i mean i heard from the chief of police who again i'll talk a little bit uh, later about that of metropolitan police and he was like yeah we were warned that this was going to happen that they wanted those crowds pushed back and when AG Bar came down, he was like, why haven't they moved yet? Get them going. Mm. Supposedly, there were some tensions within like those conversations about how they were going to move fo- folks back. And not all of the, the military police wanted to do that. Yeah. But they ended up doing it anyway, which is a real frightening thing, if you will, because 
they knew they know that they were breaking the or I guess getting real, real flimsy with the law. I'm not sure if they're breaking the law, but who knows? Like that's a really that's a crazy thing that they did. Mm-hmm. And um and then and then later that night, the shit that happened on Swan Street. Did you hear about this? No. All right. So here's the crazy thing, right? We Mario Bowser um instituted a curfew for 7 p.m. And despite the fact that I think in DC you were the polls were open until eight, but whatever. Um, so folks were out protesting after 7 p.m. And as a response to this, the police tried to funnel them all into a particular street with tear gas, with the smoke bombs, with all this other shit. And people on Swan Street, this happened in several different neighborhoods, but the people on Swan Street in particular were opening up their houses. The shady part, and this is where I had to, this is where I take issue with the, po- the police chief here. The shady part is that the police were doing some grimy shit. They were trying to say that, oh, you know, the, the people broke into the house. That's not true. That the people were there against the, the, the homeowners, which, is, which was not true. They were trying to sneak their way into the house. They were trying to get people out of the house. They were trying to coax them out of the house, said, hey, if you, if you come out, we won't arrest you. Despite the fact that folks who were getting out of the house were getting arrested. They were doing all this grimy shit. It's all being, it was all reported via social media. And you can believe that or you don't, or you don't have to if you don't want to. But the police chief pretty much denounced all of it and said, yeah, and if everything you, you heard on social media, none of it's true. I don't buy that shit for a fucking second. Yeah. Um, shit, shit was really, really popping off. And, yeah. you know, you, yeah, some of my friends were living downtown, were constantly hearing like, you know, I, I'm not going to say this happened in every single neighborhood because I reached out to quite a few. And some people were like, look, nothing's really going on here. But in certain areas, mm-hmm. you were hearing helicopters all the time. You're hearing fire, fireworks yeah. and, and flash bombs and shit going off um shit really kind of got crazy i think it's been more yeah. calm now i was checking the news this morning i haven't seen anything go on but um mm-hmm. yeah shit is shit is getting real out here yeah that's kind of how it was for me last weekend i don't know if i okay. talked to you about it but no nah, um, what happened you know i live i live in downtown chicago so mm-hmm. you know um chicago is obviously one of the cities that you know has kind of been hardest hit um i, made I haven't heard too much about it you said what Hardest hit in terms of these riots because I haven't heard too much about it. Yeah, um, just a lot of you know a lot of looting and stuff uh, in mm. downtown Chicago. I think you know Philly, Chicago, New York, yeah. and and DC. But actually, DC wasn't one of the first. It was initially it was those three. Okay, and then DC kind of became a bigger thing um, more recently. Like y'all kind of y'all kind of got on the you know the train of of the like. I don't shit getting set on fire. Yeah, and that like, shit was getting crazy. Like that started later. Sunday night. Like yeah. you said, right? And so yeah. for for Chicago, it was last Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize I didn't realize it was that real. But um, you know, I was I was just kind of working out. I didn't really have anything to do. And you know, we've been social distancing for mad long. So yeah, you know, I went to meet with some friends. Meet up with some friends. Um, about like a five minute drive from where I stay. But you know. Uh, apparently like a 45 minute walk from mm-hmm. where I stay. So I went up there uh, by Millennium Park to meet up with friends. Um, we chilling, it's Saturday. And then, you know, one of my friends is like, yo, are y'all seeing this, you know, these these texts going out that there's like gonna be a curfew or something? Mm-hmm. And we're all just like, huh? You know, like, I mean, what? Like, so then, you know, they're like, yo, um, Lori Lightfoot's getting ready to, to, to give a speech about how she's gonna roll out this curfew. So somebody pulls up their phone. So we're watching this speech, you know, Lori Lightfoot. And, you know, Lori Lightfoot Lori, is talking. Is, who's Lori Lightfoot? Is that the mayor? Oh, uh, our mayor. Yeah. Okay. 
And so she's talking about how, you know, yeah, there's been some some looting and some protesting. And, you know, in order for the safety of, you know, all Chicagoans, we're instituting a nine o'clock curfew, I believe. Okay. And we looked at the clock and it was 840. <laughs> so, you know, there were 20 minutes. She was like, yeah, you know, um, all of the, the public transportation is going to be shut down. We're raising the bridges so people can't get really get out of the city. So essentially... You know, everybody has to leave now. If you don't look like you're in a trajectory of leaving the city um, and you're apprehended after, you know, that point of time, you're, you'll be in violation of curfew. Mm-hmm. So we're all like, shit. So start calling Ubers. You know, everybody's <laughs> like, starts calling Ubers like, yo, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. And of course, you know, with all the chaos of everything going on, it was just impossible to get Ubers. So, all right, so let me these. just let me just get this straight. You guys had a nine o'clock. 9 p.m. curfew that yep. she didn't issue until what time? 8, 8.40. And this person got elected mayor. Yeah. And, you know, let me let me let me say that, you know, I, I, I typically have no issue shitting on on government officials. OK. Lori Lightfoot is black. Um, and is I she think, the one with the short hair that needed to get her hair done and shit for the camera? Yeah, who's always, okay. who always is getting clowned like shit, all uh, the, with all the memes. Okay. But, you know, like to some degree, she's in a unique, I think she's in a unique position as, as an elected official yeah. in that, you know, there's really two Chicagos. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and this is something, I was talking to a friend, I have a song that I'm working on called Survivor's Guilt, and I was talking about, you know, my survivor's guilt that I have as a person living in Chicago. Mm. You know, I'm originally from Chicago. I have a lot of family who lives on the south side of Chicago. My family is originally from Cabrini Green in Chicago. Um, but I live, you know, in a mid-rise in downtown Chicago. And my day-to-day life in Chicago is very different from the world that my family members in Chicago live in. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I think Lori Lightfoot is in a very unique position in that there really are two Chicagos and she's responsible for governing for both Chicagos. And I think in, in some ways, the, the things that are needed um, for, for the two Chicagos are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the funding, a lot of the funding comes from and for the, the downtown Chicago white socialites, right? The money, and, obviously. And the majority of the population Mm-hmm. is living a completely different life and she right. has to govern for them too yeah um so so i want to i want to start by saying that I, because i'm not trying to trash her but what they did here was wrong right mm-hmm. um you gave people 20 minutes to yes. to get out of the city um and then you raised all the bridges so you made it so people couldn't even you know get anywhere yeah so i mean oh go ahead no i'm saying yeah yeah so i mean it, it was messed up i i realized that like this is the, the the playbook, right? This is right. the governance playbook. Like you, you know, you work for for government, and you know, you you have an issue where there's social unrest, right? Mm-hmm. Step number one is probably institute a curfew, right? And, yeah. and so all the mayors throughout the the you know the major cities in, in the United States all kind of rolled out this playbook at the same time. Yeah. But um, the way this was executed was was really bad. Um. Yeah. So, so you know, she did that. We all tried to figure out how we were going to get home. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, pull up, pull up Uber, pull up Lyft, try to get, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting nothing. So finally I look on Google maps and I'm like, this says it's a 40 to 45 minute walk. Fuck it. I'll just walk. Now I didn't realize how crazy things were in very close proximity 
But I realized very quickly that shit was real. <laughs> okay. Came out of the park, went around the corner, and um, there was like a mar- there's like a marble staircase there. Um, and I just saw fuck 12 black lives matter spray painted all over the marble. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is about to be, this is about to be something different. So I got to the end of the block and there was a seven 11. So I crossed the street and I start walking towards the seven 11. Some, some protesters or I don't know what you want to call them. Anarchists, whatever people mm-hmm. in all black young people kind of push past me as I get on the sidewalk Somebody throws a brick or a stone through a, the, the yeah, 7-Eleven storefront those window are and, and they just started looting. Yo, that happened like five times along my walk. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm also worried because, you know, I'm now, it's now after the curfew, yeah. you know, and I'm seeing these police in riot gear, you know, lined up. <laughs> Another thing I thought was funny and interesting is on my route, I passed this Irish pub. Well, yeah. actually, I didn't know what it was. I passed I passed a, a street where I saw a ton of police in riot gear standing like like they were standing guard. Yeah. So I immediately I'm on Michigan Avenue, which is a big like f- like a four lane street. So oh, I okay. Walk- so this is okay. So yeah. did something crazy happen? Are you about to tell me something crazy happened on Michigan Avenue Avenue? Because uh, crazy shit happened about- everywhere. But I mean, okay. I, I saw a lot. I was just going okay. narrate my walk home. <laughs> but, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So I went. I, I went. I crossed this four lane street to the other side of the street because I'm like, I'm not trying to fuck with them cops. Yeah. And then I get to the other side of the street. The cops are over there too. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay. So I'm kind of walking in the middle of this four lane road. So the, to, so I'm not near either group of cops. Right. And I realized that they're standing on both sides of the street to defend an Irish pub that must be like, I guess, where they where they drink. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, people are like looting businesses on like either side. They're doing Jeez. nothing. Um, and I mean, helicopters are coming overhead. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, cars, you know, uh, police cars are pulling up, ambulances, fire trucks. I mean, it was like, if you've ever played Grand Theft Auto, it was like, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto in real life. I mean, and it's just like, I'm just trying this person putting their head down, trying to get home. But um, I thought I was cool. I got to a point. I got I got to a point where um, so I live real close to Brandon and Sage. You know Brandon okay. and Sage, who we went yeah, to school yeah. with. Shout out to them. You know UVA class of '08. Um, they live in my neighborhood, and they live over um a liquor store. Okay. <laughs> so as I like I like get to their crib and um this minivan pulls up and five, six people hop out of the minivan, somebody throws something through the window, and then I watch them loot the <laughs> loot the liquor store right under Brandon and Sage's building. Um and I'm just like, yo. So I'm trying to I'm trying to like they damn near hit me on their way out. Once they got all their loot and and, and threw it in their car, they came it dipped around. Um, so I mean, it was like it was chaos that night, Saturday night. Do you think these are anarchists still? Are they the ones dressed in all black, or do you think that these are just folks? Who to be to be real with you, I think it was a mix, and yeah. um, and I think I think some of it was just angry young kids who yeah. wanted to take stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, th- this does not change my perspective. No. You know, like whatever you do, do what you do. I'm yeah. I'm not, you know. Um, the thing that uh, that bothered me about it, and I, I'll, I'll get to the rest of the story, you know, uh, after. The thing that bothered me about it the most is um, a lot of these kids or these people were walking around with, with their faces uncovered. 
A lot of them had their phones out and were calling people and taking video and all of the et cetera. Right. I want anybody who's listening to this to know if you are protesting, if you are friends with protesters, if you are around, the, the, the government is going to do what they can. All of the institutions of government are going to do what they can to retaliate yeah. by finding and rounding up people that they are able to identify that were taking part in these things. So just know that, you know, it, you know, just because you see a bunch of people running and doing an action, if you decide to take on that action as well, you know, take the proper precautions to not make it easy for you to be somebody who gets God when they start trying to retaliate against citizens uh, for, for what happened. Yo, Did you have thoughts on that? I think that not in direct response to what you're saying, but just kind of the broader picture here. I think mm -hmm. that, generally speaking, all these folks who take the stance on this issue, whether or not you're yeah. just someone who wants to see, you know, black culture in America do well, do thrive, yeah. that's where, yeah. that's the position I'm in. Whether mm -hmm. you're not, you're someone who just wants to see, you know, police brutality come to an end, you're, you're a humanist, whatever, you just like, look, this isn't fair, you know, let's, let's all get along. Whether or not you're someone who just wants to take on government, I think that generally speaking, everyone in this group is woefully unprepared for how bad it could get. Yeah. Um, especially for black people in the sense that, or, or if you're just like a general humanist and you're a liberal and you don't believe in guns and shit like that, because let me tell right. you something like, you know, I think I saw Joe Scarborough popped up on my, in my, on my YouTube feed. He was like, he's like, look at that. Only a third of Americans approve of Trump. Look how bad he is as a president. It's like, yo, that third of Americans, they're all packing heat. And they're all ready, just waiting for Trump to give them the go-ahead to shut this yep. shit down. Because yep. I even saw a few clips. Yeah, do you see the uh, Philly one? I saw, yep. so in the Philly one, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't armed with guns, yeah, they but they bats. were armed with like bats and clubs and shit. And, and they got club. the co-sign from the police and the mayor, yeah. I think, I think, really? I think so because I think that he knew about it. Like law, law enforcement knew what they were doing and mm. didn't do anything. And in some cases were even aiding and abetting. And yeah. then I think the mayor had to come out and say, oh yeah, we took it a step too far. We don't condone yeah. vig vigilantism. Then yeah. why were you co-signing this at all? Like they, they yeah. knew about it ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and it, it is crazy to think about because look, on one hand, you know, you could very easily say, well, look, like if you're minding your business and you're staying at home and you're not looting, they're not going to come fuck with you. But still, yeah. the fact that private yeah. citizens are, uh, you know, have the go ahead and have the cosign yeah. from police is like, okay, well, who's going to take our side? Like, this yeah. is what I was having a conversation with my brother about and some friends yep. about that we kind of need to be prepared. Like, what's going to happen election night? You know, because yeah. look, I was out there in 2008 mm -hmm. and we all knew that Obama was going to win. And it was great. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the, the cops were out there, didn't give a fuck, so long as we weren't doing any dumb shit. You know, right. but there were people up there on cars jumping around. Cops yeah, didn't do yeah. shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were, we were literally walking in the middle of 14th Street going from, you know, going from I Street all the way up to you in the middle mm -hmm. of the road. Cops mm -hmm. didn't care. They were high-fiving yeah. us along the way. It was all good. It was, it was, it was great. People were down yeah. there at the White House to celebrate. It was all good. Mm -hmm. uh, great party. But now, like, you know, <laughs> 2020, I think that you can have one or two things happen. I think that you yeah. could have folks going out there waiting to celebrate Trump's um, loss. Mm. Or you could have people going out there ready to celebrate or rather defend Trump if he wins. 
And mm. either scenario, I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. And yeah, what I want to know is, I want to know where are the federal agents going to draw the line? Like, who are they mm. going to back? Because yeah. I can legitimately see it in an instance where it's like, okay, let's say Trump goes out there and he wins, right? Mm. If Trump goes out there and wins, it's going to be ugly. Like, I can yeah. people, see people saying, I don't give a fuck. I will burn the White House down. They will try. <laughs> I can look, I'm not saying that it's going to happen. But I do think there's a non-zero chance. Now, maybe that non-zero chance maybe just means one, two percent that someone actually tries to do this. But yeah. I can see people saying, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Seriously, yeah. what's the point? This yeah. shit all has to go. Yeah. And then I can see people out there trying to defend it, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, trying oh, to sure. defend the White House. And so then it's just like, OK, now you have an instance where the federal agents are obviously going to have to de 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 defend and protect the buildings. And so then you mm -hmm. have them teaming up with private citizens. Like, yeah. I just I think it's going to be madness. I, I Trump just, wants I, to. Go ahead. Trump wants to incite a race war for sure. But and I mean, that that kind of brings me to the the end of my story. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so after all this crazy stuff of, you know, me trying to get home, uh, this 40, 45 minute walk. Yeah. Um, you know, I live I kind of live above a target, which is like the big downtown target. Yeah. Targets um, have been the target. So, and target was the target. <laughs> I mean, it became the spot. It was like everybody was looting that joint going crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, people were running out with handfuls of clothes. There's an inter the targets at a four, a four lane intersection. Yeah. Um, nobody was listening to the lights. It just, yeah. th that became the meeting spot. And so it was just all this traffic, just all these cars there and just every people running and jumping out of cars, people videoing, people taking stuff out of target, like handfuls of clothes, putting it in their car or whatever merchandise and, and dipping off. It was nuts. So I get past all that to the storefronts that I live above. They had all been looted. Um, and I finally get to, you know, to the crib. That was a an ordeal in and of itself. <laughs> the, the lady who who uh is the front front uh you know desk lady was like, yo, she's like, You're lucky. If you would have came a minute later, you wouldn't have got in. She's like, I know you and everything, that's all cool and well. She's like, but this is some bullshit. We locking this whole building down and I'm about to leave. I'm not defending this shit. Like it's a wrap. People were just people <laughs> were just crazy. breaking everything and looting everything. So so I get, you know, I get up to my crib and I realize that all the other residents are on their balconies yeah. you know, watching all this. And what I didn't know, which I learned later, is apparently many of the residents were yelling things down at, at the protesters, um, you know, call, calling them the N-word, saying okay. all kinds of crazy things. So at some point I realized that there are people that are filling up buckets of water and pouring them down on the protesters, right? Okay. And the looters, and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? What is going on? Anyway, so I was, uh, I was, these are white I was, people. I take it. Yes, of course. Okay. So, and I was, I was enraged by this, right? Yeah. I was like, yo, what the hell? So anyway, I end up bumping into this guy who, you know, uh, he's like a personal trainer in my building, and he, um, he also happened to be kind of, I guess, working, you know, kind of makeshift security. He's like yeah. a, he's like a um, ex-military and ex-cop. And so he kind of just took it upon himself to make sure that the people that were breaking into all these different built like like establishments didn't also do it to the resident apartment that yeah. you know entrance. So um, I bumped into him the next day and we were talking about it and I was like, yo, that was just crazy. I never seen anything like it. I said, but the thing that disturbed me the most was I saw residents throwing water down on the, the protesters. Yeah. He said, oh, you thought that was water? What I was said, it? what do you mean? He said they were filling buckets with bleach and throwing oh, bleach down on, on the protesters. He said there were some of them that put ice 
and bleach together in buckets and we're throwing it down at protesters. He I mean, said it could have been boiling water too. I mean, shit. <laughs> but I mean, like, like what are what are you doing? Like, so are are you are you you defending the items of the insured store? Like, yeah. what what do you what do you call yourself doing in this situation? And you know, I was talking to him and I said I said it's weird because you know I already feel a way about living in a building like this. Um, but you know, seeing stuff like that really tells me that people in America, right? We've already talked about how that we have this fake meritocracy, mm-hmm. and so you know, people think that like, yeah, you know, I, I have these resources because I'm I've done these great things and I've made these great choices in my yeah. life, and those people have less than me because they're lazy and right. they've made bad choices in their life, right? So they've created almost this kind of us versus them. Yeah. Where in some way they feel like it's, oh, it's us who live in this ivory tower. We have these resources because we're better than those people below us that are right. animals. Um, and I told them, I said, if it's a us versus them, I'm with them. With them, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not cool with any of that. And I thought it was really disgusting, but I thought it was, it kind of goes to what you were talking about, about, you know, this scenario of, of you know, the divisiveness you know that that Trump definitely tries to to you know capitalize on, and you know and empower and embolden people who have those those sentiments, and how you know you really could see that erupt. Yeah. You know, I mean, can you imagine if one of those people who was looting below just turned around and threw a rock, yeah. or pulled out a gun and shot up at some? Because you you throwing you throwing bleach on me. Yeah. I don't know you. You don't know my situation. Like, what are yeah. you doing? I could have got bleach thrown on me because I just I just got in the building yeah. and I have nothing to do with the, the looting and rioting. So, you know, I mean, you know, we're in a, a really precarious situation here. I agree with you that, you know, um, she could get really bad in, in either scenario, whether Trump wins or loses. If he yeah. loses, like you said, I think a lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck? Um, if he wins, though, actually... All right, let's go back to if he loses. Yeah. If he loses, will he concede? Will he concede that he lost? So I've had some discussions with some folks, basically with with my brother, but just in terms of how like the transition of power is going to work. And yes, they anticipate that Trump will make it difficult. But at the end of the day, everyone's going to fall in line and Mm. obey the Constitution. Yeah. So Trump is really not going to have much of a choice. Now, the problem though is this. So, what I was what I was the the scenario that I was setting up is mm-hmm. Trump supporters going downtown to protect Trump in when the event wins. that he wins. Got you. Uh, yeah. So that's what that's what brings them there. Then what chaos starts is if Trump loses. Right. You know, then they they go crazy. Although right. I think though that there's going to be a lot of mail in balloting, so we probably won't even get mm-hmm. results right away. Um, so who knows? But I, I just yeah. think it's like I'm glad that I'm starting to hear some buzz about people addressing this now. Like they're starting yeah. to take precautions. But I do think that in terms of the government agencies or whoever, mm-hmm. like the the military, the military police or federal police, whoever are responsible for like the transition of power, Congress, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. They are going to fall in line and obey the constitution. That's my understanding, yeah. you know, talking with some folks, but that doesn't mean that he's yeah. not going to make it difficult. And that yeah, doesn't I mean think... that he's not going to send out tweets um, mm-hmm. for all of his supporters to fuck shit up. Yeah. I think that could yeah. happen. He will. He definitely will. And, and yeah. he will also do like he did in the last election, which he actually won. 
where you know he got super scared and then he started tweeting all this stuff about how oh they're gonna try to take steal it from me there's people that are voting illegally all the other nonsense that he does to try to obfuscate the point that he's just very insecure yeah um but you know the next the next day right after all the crazy stuff happened on saturday um the national guard had been mobilized um there was Mm -hmm. military police on every block in my neighborhood and i couldn't even um you you couldn't even get to my my building anymore. Jeez. Um, everything was boarded up and had been cleaned up by the time I woke up the next morning. Yeah. And that's the other crazy thing because the next so the next day I I got up with my mom and we went to the south side to go visit some of my family. Um, and you know we're chilling there <laughs> we're in my uncle's backyard. They barbecuing the whole nine. You know having a little family time. And you know we see a helicopter overhead. I mean, it's the hood, you know, you right. see helicopters sometimes and we see another helicopter and it's like, oh, these two helicopters are now kind of flying close to each other. What's really going on? We start to see plumes of smoke. Yo, they was looting. So they were looting crazy on the south side and like, like burning shit down. I, my uncle lives around the corner from a, a liquor store. Uh, so when we, when we went over by where the liquor store was, we see the whole front of the, of the like liquor store had been, you know, somebody had thrown something, something through the glass and people were running out carrying like, like crates of like beers. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's like an ambulance and somebody on a stretcher that they're wheeling out because this person has gotten injured for some reason. The, the building directly behind it is on fire. Um, I mean, just, it looked like, it looked insane but you know um the so so all that happened and it was crazy um the the police to got there you know much later obviously but um that didn't get cleaned up by the next morning um and i and i noticed you know i saw some you know text messages and things like that you know sent out for efforts to get citizens to come and help clean up the south side you know after what happened but it's just very interesting the difference between where i live you know and and what what it is down there um yeah because the police the the police came out with riot gear you know when the situation happened below my building um and before they even got that was the other crazy thing when the police got there all the people on their balcony started clapping and cheering yeah i mean it's just it's two americas man look i think to talk about the looting real quick you know i said that i disagree with looting but the thing that i disagree with more than anything else is f- trashing your own neighborhood mm. that's the thing i i, I disagree with mm. um now that being said aside from that yeah. you know i i don't much give a shit and i think that mm. you know if you're gonna loot something i mean target makes a lot of sense you know there's yeah. a lot of folks who don't have things need certain things and target has mm. a lot of things to loot so i totally I almost that. feel like we should loot with purpose right um, oh sure and and you know and i I don't know that I entirely agree with your your don't trash your own neighborhood just because, you know, it's very difficult to be selective, right? Yeah. It's kind of like the black on black crime argument, right? It's yeah. like, well, why do pe- black people kill each other? Because black people know each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you know, so I'm so people that... people tend to loot like near where they yes. live, right? Like oh, where they yeah. have access to. Um, I'm not saying I don't get it. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that like it's just I understand the situation. I'm just saying it's a shame that that's the situation. Yeah. My preference for, for with the, with them for would be for them to not loot their own neighborhoods. That's just my yeah. preference. But I'm not I, saying like if they do it, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and say that 
Like, I'm not going to sit here and judge it or condemn it because I understand yeah. it. I'm just saying I it, feel like it's not my I, preference. I, I condone, you know, try to loot with a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I say that to say, you know, I do believe that, you know, the change that we've gotten over time, we haven't really talked about how the, the charges were upgraded or the other mm -hmm. cops were, were charged at this point. But some of the changes that we've already had at this point, I think, come from a situation where it's no longer comfortable in this time to do business from for these white business owners and so and everybody has to release statements and the whole nine so if you're gonna loot do some shit that makes the people that are actually going to change something yeah. uncomfortable don't make yourself uncomfortable yeah and, and that's what we talked about uh in our previous episode and i think yeah. that you know look for the folks out there who take the side of Yinka's uh, fellow residents, who I doubt anyone who listens to this podcast takes that side, but whatever, just hypothetically. Mm. You know, the, the thing about it is that the people who built this country and who continue to shape this country, yeah. this is their responsibility. You know, if you want to if you want to sit up there on your high horse and talk about how great America is and this, that and the other, then you need to take responsibility for when shit internally gets set on fire and when people don't act accordingly, like yeah. because there is a very good reason why the citizens or the residents in your building don't need yeah. to loot and why yeah. other folks feel compelled to do so. Exactly. And that is an American problem that, exactly. the, uh, the, that the American leaders need to take responsibility for. We have yeah. built a society yeah. where some people, you know, aren't, aren't even going to think about looting and other people are like, yeah, right. it makes complete sense because here's the other thing too, right? Like uh -huh. if you're not, if you're not racist, <laughs> then you know end. you if you're not racist then you can't think of any genetic reason why uh, folks who don't look like you would do some of the things that the, you do they mm. that they do right because mm. you're not racist it's not you know mm. it's not because they're black it's not because they're brown or not because whatever so clearly it's a circum it's a circumstantial issue right it's an environmental yeah. issue how yeah. is that person's environment in, in what ways is that person's environment different from yours that would encourage mm. a different set of behaviors? Right. And it's, it's the people who shape this country that have built those different environments on purpose mm. so that your ass can sit up there in your luxury building and throw, you know, uh, buckets of ice, uh, ice bleach down to people and judge them and think that you're in the right. You yeah, know, let's like, let's just explain this really, really basically for anybody who doesn't understand. Right. 40 to 45 million people have applied for unemployment yeah right, in 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 this recent time so yes. you cut 40 to 45 million people's jobs yes you cut them a 1200 dollars check and say go fuck yourself mm -hmm. that's your response and then you're like wow you know the, there's people in a bad situation they're stealing well fuck yeah they're stealing meanwhile I'm in this building that I live in, you know what I'm saying, that has a, a gym and all these amenities and shit yeah. like that and free Wi-Fi. And everybody's here sitting here working from home, uh, you know, peacefully. Right. Yeah. There, there's many people that are down there that don't have that luxury. Yeah. And in addition, their children can't go to school anymore. Yeah. And and they don't. there's so many people that don't even have access to Wi-Fi for their children to even be able to look at their courses online. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we have a, a real have-not problem in this country. Here's the um, thing. And I, I've had some conversations with some folks about that. I had to explain this to one of my cousins once who couldn't understand why, like, people in poor black neighborhoods... Um, struggle to, to get out or, or make anything happen with their lives when he sees people from other poor neighborhoods from other immigrant groups do successfully mm -hmm. right 
And my thing is like this. When you are a have, you don't get to judge what the have not seems necessary or even what seems logical. Like you don't get to, mm. you don't get to judge and condemn someone coming from a point of view. Like, especially when you come from your point of view, because yeah. you, you wake up and you conduct yourself in a way that, that makes sense so that you can keep thriving. And right. you're like, Oh, well, like certain things just make sense to you. Right. Right. But you don't, coming from that position you don't get to dictate what makes sense from someone else when right. they don't have the shit that you have and when yeah. you don't have the circumstances that they do and yes you can have your opinions and be like well from my perspective this is right. not how i would do things fine but then you also have to caveat that with i'm not living from their perspective now on right. the flip side of that me just saying that mentality because that's the kind of general mentality i have I just want to say real quickly that I understand where someone would come from that perspective of of wanting to be the judgmental one. Like, I, I get it. I disagree with it. I also get where they're coming from. I get why certain people like Trump. I understand it. I can empathize with it. Do I think do I think it's bad? Sure. But I'm also not going to sit here and like, holy judge that the person is wrong. But I can say in this moment that like, you know, <laughs> I think it's dangerous. What think- my mentality? Yeah, well, that and I just you know, I can't help it. And, That's just how I am about everything. I and, I have to try to blanket privilege. Everybody. Blanket privilege, right? So yeah. you know, you you you're looking at things from a privileged perspective, which I mean, to some degree, you and I are also looking at things from a privileged perspective. Absolutely, right? Cause we, I am because we because we're loaded with a level of privilege. Just you know, being you know college educated. Dude, I have and, all you know, the having, privileges. Having all the all the you know the things. That I have, have all the privileges. Um, you know, but so you know, you're coming from a privileged perspective. You weaponize your privilege. Um, mm-hmm. and and then, you know, you also subscribe to this. Well, you know, the reason why I this moralistic argument, right, about your yeah. privilege. So it's like, oh, well, the reason I do what I do is because I'm better than this person that doesn't do what I do. You mm-hmm. know, um, I think it's dangerous, man. And I think oh. when I hear when I hear people say, call, you know, calling people animals and thugs oh, yeah. and all this other stuff, that's where that mentality comes from. Right. Because sure. you dissociate yourself from other people's reality and when you when you t- remove all the context and all the circumstances then you can just judge those individual behaviors in a moralistic way that mm-hmm. is just it, it's not genuine right like it it's it's my my point is that what we're seeing is like the full display or full spectrum of of human behavior mm-hmm. in the sense that like you know we're all kind of capable of some of the fucked up shit that we do we're all capable of some of the amazing things that we do and my my personal point was that i can understand that if i were born into even a more privileged perspective or more privileged circumstance than i already am that i could very easily become that person who is up on the balcony throwing buckets of ice bleach down onto looters that's that's my only specific point now i do not disagree with you at all that it is not that it is dangerous it is absolutely if somebody i knew was was throwing buckets of bleach down on people i will slap the shit out of you i'm telling i'm telling everybody i know dog don't 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 put yourself in that level of privilege Mm -hmm. because if i know you like i'm definitely gonna make 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 you know that 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 is not okay because i just I thought that that was one of the most disgusting displays that I've ever seen mm-hmm. and just unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the, 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 the looting and things that were occurring, you know, were not occurring to, to our, our belongings, our yeah. houses, nothing like that. We were not in any way in jeopardy. We yeah. were almost, you know, 
you're almost blessed to have a front row seat from from a, from the comfort and safety of our homes to watch yeah. something that we did not have to do, you right? Know, you know, I I also think that part of it too, and this is mm. this is one of the uglier things about human beings. But I, I mm. see this across a lot of different spectrums. So this what I'm about to say is not specific to any cultural group or whatever. I think that this is a lot of human beings uh, exhibit this type of behavior. But we as a species, most of us, mm. a lot of us, love to be in a position where when we think that we're right, when we have the moral mm. high ground, then mm. we can just sit there and throw stones and judge people and and sometimes even display violence upon them because we think that mm. we're, we're in the right. And the ironic thing here is that it is very easy to look at these folks looting and see mm. an obvious wrong there and mm. just feel compelled to, well, then they're doing wrong. I know I'm in the right. So I'm right. going to sit there, I'm going to judge them, and I'm going to beat the shit out of them because I can do that, right? Yeah. The, uh, and the, the crazy thing, too, is though, when they see a police officer doing the same thing and, and, and exhibiting police brutality or killing an unarmed citizen who is already in custody, you mm. know what I mean? Well, mm. like, it's like, oh, yeah, I want justice for that family. Well, where's your fucking outrage? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to go down there and try to beat the shit out of the police because you know you, you can't. <laughs> Like, that's a fucking cowardly, pussy, bitch-ass thing to do. Yeah. Really, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't think that what the police did to George Floyd was wrong, to the point where it deserves more of your outrage, the same level of outrage that you see when you see the, the looters, then, yeah, you can all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> you know, that being said, though, just back to my original point, yeah. I understand where you're coming from because you're a human being, and we're ignorant yeah. motherfuckers most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's tragic. It's tragic. It's sad. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's just the reality of our situation. Yeah, but here we are. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, and and we talked about this off mic, but you know, I don't really have much more to say. Like, just oh, keep this, look, just keep look. doing the shit. Just keep doing that shit that you're doing. Everybody, just keep doing what you're doing. Period. Look, in terms of people doing what they're doing, uh, what are your thoughts on Black Lives Matter Plaza? And the fact that the president no longer lives on 1600 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue, now lives on like something, I forget the address, but it's something like Black Lives Matter Way Plaza or something like that. What are your thoughts on that? I'll caveat my thoughts by saying I've never lived in D.C. And I know a lot of people, I know that that D.C. politics are very loaded. Yeah. Um, but just from from an act of pettiness, I, oh I my love God. it. You look, I love look. it. That's peak petty. In terms of the, it's the best petty thing I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Because look, let's say that everything that transpired would transpire without President Trump in office. So let's say it was another more neutral, cookie cutter president and all this right. other shit was going on, right? Right. Um, she doesn't w. do that. She specifically did yeah. that to say, fuck you, Donald Trump. Yep. And like, if you look at the overhead pictures, it's awesome because like they make the White House look really, really small. Yeah. And the Black Lives Matter is fucking huge, so you could tell just how, you know, just how much how much work they put into that. Did I've you been... see her tweet where she said, "This is the view from space"? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, it was like a picture, and it was like, "This is the view from space," and you just see Black Lives Matter. It's hilarious. Look, I have gone back and forth about whether or not I think it was a smart decision. Someone, I'm still kind of waiting for the dust to settle to see if like, okay, was this actually a smart thing to do? Uh, when I saw it though, man, I was dying. I was like, yo, this is this is like awesome from the petty perspective. Um, but what someone said too, that it could be a particularly smart move 
if it continues to antagonize Donald Trump Mm -hmm. to use more force Mm -hmm. that would then encourage the political powers to actually grant D.C. statehood so that it could be in a position to defend itself from these federal these these federal forces, Mm. because that's one of the big problems going on right now is that, you know, Bowser can't deny all these federal agencies coming into into D.C. because we do not have statehood. And so a a lot like what she did with the Black Lives Matter is in part part of that process. So Mm. if it if it turns out that way, then, yeah, it could be a masterstroke. We'll see. But um, man, like (laughs) that's just like I don't think I've ever seen anyone kind of meet Donald Trump on his level Mm. while also being like brilliant at the same time. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that to meet Donald Trump on his level of pettiness, you well, okay, excuse me. It's damn near impossible. yeah, because no one actually wants to get to like that low. Yeah, you know, no yeah. one like to to meet him at his level of pettiness. You really have to like slander and just like, mm-hmm. just like have no fucking integrity. This is I a agree. move that like you still get to main the high, maintain the high ground yeah, while yeah. also getting down dirty and be like, yo, fuck you. You want to throw some jabs? I got yeah. some jabs too. Black lives yeah. matter all the way up your fucking ass. Like, yeah, I that agree. Shit, that I shit think, was dope as hell. I think with Trump, like he, you know. He, he he lacks like you know like 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 shame like the shame yeah like the shameability factor and like yeah. the pride factor that most people have right and that's what you know even we saw when he when he was running for president right like there's no level of low that he's not willing to to go, to to go. and yeah. and as a result of that he's kind of outlasted all of his opponents as a result of that so I think like you said this is a really dope like kind of little fuck you to to him that you know. Yeah. His hands are tied to some degree, but I don't it's, know if it if, if it gets us DC statehood. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I will say, man, it's an unprecedented move by a mayor. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it mm-hmm. to make that kind of political stance mm-hmm. like that. Like that's just not like political in terms of like laws, legislation. That's like political in terms of like social politics. Mm-hmm. Um, to make this kind of stance, I'm not quite sure I've ever seen it. And I do think she's in kind of a particularly, like a tricky situation. She mm-hmm. does have to work closely with the chief of Metropolitan Police, who I do think has uh, not necessarily been truthful in some of the press conferences, but she still has to maintain that positive relationship while yeah. also trying to maintain a relationship with all these federal, the, the all these other agencies who are in her city doing things that she doesn't like. She yeah. can't necessarily antagonize them. She do. She does have to work with them. Yeah. While while trying to strike uh, this other balance of like, look, how do I keep the law and order in my city? How mm-hmm. how do I you know wrestle this with my own political beliefs of like, look, I think yeah. you know what is happening to people who look like me are bad. Like she is mm-hmm. in a a particularly tough situation. I think that she handled the coronavirus epidemic as well or pandemic as well as she could. Mm-hmm. Um, she's gotten some high praise for that. I think she did some 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 good things w- w- with her response. I think that some of her response to this situation has been good. Um, ah, yeah. I just I think she's in a particular situation, a particularly tricky situation. I know there's some other people who know a lot more particulars than I do who can speak more in depth yeah. about this. As a result of that, I will not speak any more about it than what I just have. It sounds like your feelings on her are similar to my feelings on Lori Lightfoot. Um, I've seen a few, you know, posts from uh, people from who are residents of D.C. or, or you know, are people f- that are from D.C., yeah. you know, kind of condemning some of the comments of other folks saying that, they, you know, they're like, oh, Bowser, Jesus, shit, this is amazing, this is great. And they're just like, 
you know, nah, you don't know, you don't know anything yeah. about DC politics, Mo. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't Mo. know, yeah, I don't know what you know what the the particulars are, and that's the reason why I was, you know, at the beginning, uh, kind of caveat in my comments. But I do, I, I did like that move. I think the last um, talking point that or we should end this with is the mm -hmm. the whole Colin Kaepernick situation and what mm -hmm. you're seeing, you know, the response from the NFL coalition, yeah. players union, whoever, yeah. Roger Goodell's response. Uh -huh. And also I think some of the punditry, some of their kind of turnaround on, on things they said four years prior to Colin Kaepernick, the Drew Brees comments. <laughs> um, there's a lot to, I think to unpack here. And I just want to, you know, shout out to, I'm close friends with someone who is uh, is in the military who understood where Colin Kaepernick was coming from 2016, yeah. um, agreed with the message, but did not like the method, felt that the American flag represented the fabric of America. It represented the best of us. It represented all the ideals that, you know, that this country tried to, to teach us when we were young. Basically, the cherry picked narrative from Martin Luther King, right? Um, and we kind of spoke about this the other day that they don't they don't talk about everything Martin Luther King thing says, right. just the things that they like that cherry picked narrative uh, about about what American could be. He kind of believed that and felt that the flag represented that and felt that kneeling in protest at the national anthem was kind of a slap in the face of that. Yeah. And I spoke with this person very recently and admitted that yeah, Andrew, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, that I I thought that you know that America represented something greater. Than what it does and maybe some of what you've had to say about you know that it's really just all about 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 enterprise that mm -hmm. even racism itself is a tool to basically keep the poor the poor whites um uh the, the poor whites distracted by yeah. shit that doesn't matter so that the yeah. master ruling class uh, can basically have an easy go at it like yeah. really that the only folks who racism really benefits is the master ruling class that's it yeah yeah um and and like they want this shit to continue. Well, yeah. they they want, excuse me, they want the status quo to continue. They I don't want. They don't want about the, about the flag. What'd you say? I wish I felt that way about the flag. Yeah, and and I don't feel that way about the flag. Um, and you know the the ironic thing too is that you know my father is uh, you know he's a West Point grad, and mm -hmm. he and I spoke about this. Um, we know when it happened, and he was saying that like, look. I'm not offended by it. I get it. Yeah. Now he didn't say anything because he has a lot of West Point alum, and he knows that they kind of took issues with it. But he's like, nah, I don't. I don't care about the protests. I get it. Continue yeah. doing what you're doing. Um, but I do think that there is some response from all around that we kind of need to discuss. I mean, real quick, yeah. you know, Drew Brees. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, look, I'm a fan of Drew Brees. Um, not mm -hmm. necessarily as a player. Just I thought, generally speaking, he seems like he's a good guy. I think that yeah. he's done some philanthropic things for New Orleans. For New Orleans, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, kudos to him for that. But holy fucking shit to get this. Like, I can understand you getting this wrong <laughs> in 2016 and in 2017. But to see what happened to George Floyd yeah. and to see everybody else kind of take a 180 on this and for you to yeah. say well i'll never be in something in support of something that disrespects the flag yeah wow dude like where the Yo, fuck have you been for the past three weeks two weeks you know i i, I almost you know i almost to some degree am just like thank you drew Brees, for <laughs> for you know being the sacrificial lamb that we needed to show yeah. that if drew Brees doesn't get it yeah there's a lot of motherfuckers that don't, don't get, get it, it. because yeah. literally his life and livelihood 
is playing a sport that is dominated by black people yeah. while black people protect him so that he can continue to earn his hundreds of millions of dollars. So, right. I mean, you know, he's surrounded by black people, you know, constantly, at least throughout his season. Um, and, you know, to some degree has has advocated for black people in his community in, in, yeah. in New Orleans. Um you know, and 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 leads black men as the as a quarterback, which is the you know the the most important or centerpiece of 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 you know football. It largely so, is, but yeah. So so I mean, you know, if he doesn't get it, I think that is a good indicator that there's a lot of people that don't get it. Right. Um. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of low key glad that that happened. You know, hate it had to be you, Drew, but you know. Hopefully you're educated at this point. That first apology was some bullshit. <laughs> um, the second apology, cool, I guess. But um, I was glad to see um, old boy from from the Ravens who always goes in. Which boy? The uh, black dude, Toy Smith. No. no. Who's the uh, the dude that played with Ray Lewis? Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Okay. Did you see Ed Reed's comments? No. Nah, what do you say? It was like an expletive laden rant. Uh, he was in Against the car. Against just like, yeah, just like, yo, motherfucker, you ain't shit, yo. Blah blah blah. Like he was going in, <laughs> but uh, I was I was happy to see some of the folks that were from the that that also were in the NFL mm -hmm. that you know were vocal about how they were not okay with that. What do you think about what Goodell said? I think Goodell is scared shitless. I, I think, think he should be scared. I think when some when some of these these big franchise players started mm -hmm. doing these these videos saying mm -hmm. you know speaking out against the NFL and, yeah. and saying that you know they that they stand with Kaepernick, I think he was like, holy shit! If I lose these people, yeah. this is gonna be all bad for me. Yeah. And then suddenly you get this, oh yeah, well, you guys were right. We we got this wrong. We're sorry. Yeah. yeah, right, bro. Nah, I don't I don't buy that shit. I think it's interesting. Um, I do like the statement from the players, although mm -hmm. the, they didn't actually condemn police brutality. Someone pointed out, it was yeah. like, well, if you say Black Lives Matter, then that encompasses police brutality. I think it still would be good to hear them act specifically uh, the yeah. NFL condemn police brutality because they work yeah. so closely with the police to for security and all that other bullshit. Right, right. Um, man, I... Look, I don't really care about Goodell one way or the other because I don't really fuck with the NFL like that. I think but, he should um, step down. I, you know, I was I was watching um, uh, an ESPN clip to, uh, be right before our, our podcast. That's why I was late to come on the record. Mm -hmm. And I forget the guy who was interviewing, but the guy who was being interviewed, I want to say was like, I want to say his name was like Howard Bryant. He's a journalist on ESPN or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was hilarious because it's like a little five, six minute clip. And the, the guy who's interviewing wants to be optimistic. He's like, oh, so what do you think about this? And the response is like very cynic. And he's like, oh, well, but you have to think that we're we're doing better. And it's like cynical response after cynical response. And basically right. like, you know, you could tell the guy who's, who's, who's doing the interviewing is like happy about the response from the players. And he's like, well, yeah, but at the same time too, the NFL still blackballed a player and ruin a person's like sporting career and right. they're not going to do anything about that right. he's like okay well what if the nfl makes a change and hires them and he's like all right well maybe this that and the other and 
basically saying that like you know the chaos is going to get worse and uh, the you know it's going to become more and more disorderly and like we're mm -hmm. not we're not at the end yet and i just thought it yeah. was really funny i'm not doing any justice to this but i thought it was just really funny like you could tell that the guy wanted to just like get some good news yeah and the black exactly. journalist wasn't giving him any good news at all <laughs> um and it's just it's i think to, the reason why i find that so amusing is one of the same reasons why I had, like I said last week, that I'm dispassionate when I see a black body get murdered by the police. Not that I'm not upset. It's not that I'm not saddened. But just yeah. like I know the score. I know the yeah. situation. I know that this, yeah. is, this is what it is. I'm not optimistic mm -hmm. about, you know, equality. Like, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I, I, you can call it jaded. You can say I'm numb. Fine. Yeah. Maybe I have PTSD. Or I, I doubt it because you know nothing's nothing's really ever happened to me. But like I, I'm not yeah. optimistic. I don't sh believe. I don't share these 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 ideals, mm -hmm. um, or I don't believe that these ideals that America tries to sell. And so I, just yeah. to see like the reaction on his face was just. I just found that amusing. Yeah. But you know, I, I tell you what. Um, I, do you have a response to that real quick? Because I because um, I, I want to go in another direction. But go ahead. Just just that I you know, and I don't mean to 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 hamper on on points that we've previously made, but. Yeah. I think that Jay-Z and Rock Nation should yeah. give that money back or at least yeah, give it to yeah. give it to Black Lives Matter, give it to the mm -hmm. Minneapolis Freedom Fund because mm -hmm. you know, they were I think they were dishonest. Um they yep. took that money and they took it under the guise of and and I told you about how I had a whole argument with somebody about this, right? Uh, right. Jay-Z told all the black people, "Stand down. We don't need to kneel anymore." We're gonna move forward. All we need is a seat at the table. Okay. Yeah. So some black people stood down. You told us that we couldn't kneel anymore. Colin Kaepernick never got a job, which is fine because I think at this point now he represents something more than what he represents on the field. So right. I don't think he'll ever get another job again, and I'm not pressed for him to get another yeah. job. Um, but so Colin Kaepernick doesn't get the job, um, and you know you tell us, yeah, give us a hundred million dollars or whatever it is, and then we're gonna be the seat at the table that makes sure that blacks are are accounted for in X, Y, and Z. Right. So you gave us J Lo at the halftime show, and that's <laughs> all we got to see for for, for that hundred million dollars. So you stole that money, put that money into a very vocal and and front facing cause to yeah. show that you, the NFL, really do stand with this cause. Because mm -hmm. they did that shit as lip service. It was, it was very obvious. And, and, and in some ways kind of disgusting, you know, I know that Jay does positive things behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm not here to, to dispute or argue that. But, you know, these situations where you become the face of these corporations that are trying to cover their ass so that they have, you know, somebody who's real and in the community... So yeah. that they can continue doing the same bullshit that they've been doing, I, we we gotta stop doing that, man. No, I, I, I think we you. gotta stop. And I think that, you know, in terms of Jay Z, uh, you know, sometimes people get things wrong, mm. but it's always an opportunity to get it right. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, this is his opportunity now. Well, this is now his opportunity to acknowledge that he got something wrong. Maybe he right. does get it right. We'll see. Um, right. What a just real quick because. Uh, I don't have much to add in terms of what we, we we've spoken about, but I do mm -hmm. kind of want to kind of go in a different direction, but bouncing off a point you said about how scared shitless Roger Goodell is mm -hmm. about potentially losing some of his marquee players. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing that has always made it difficult for players in the NFL is that the name on the front of the Jersey by and large means more than the name on the back that even mm -hmm. if you lose your marquee players, people are still going to come out in droves to, yeah. to, to watch the sport. Yeah. Whereas in contrast to that, 
It's not the case in the NBA. If the NBA right. lost all of his talent, no one, yep. could, no one could give a fuck. How dope would it be if the NBA player said, hey, you know what? Fuck this shit. Let's take our money. Let's get some other, you know, the Jordans, whoever, right? Mm-hmm. And let's go start up our own shit in like in Africa, mm-hmm. like what they're trying to do with the with the with the with the African League, right? Mm-hmm. And let's just all go there. And yeah. yeah, it'll be a little struggle. We'll have to build, you know, we'll have to build infrastructure, something. Some of these places are not conducive for it. But what mm-hmm. if they literally fucking took their talent, all that black American goodness talent, and just went somewhere else? Like well, the problem with know. that the problem with that for for football is that yeah. football just doesn't well, have the fanfare I, I, elsewhere. Football doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about football. I'm literally actually uh, now okay. talking about the NBA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think the NBA does a better job of, you know, I think the NBA Players Association is, is much better than the NFL Players Association. But sure. the NBA does a much better job of, like, making the the players feel like they actually care about them. And yes. Actually, you know, do what I'm saying, though, is that I'm just saying, like, just imagine a scenario mm-hmm. where all the top talent in the NBA said, fuck NBA this. Thing. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna do, go do our own thing mm-hmm. in a continent where people look like us. Yeah, countries where people look like us, and we're gonna keep all this money for ourselves. Yeah. Like, like I think, like at some point, you know, just America needs to see just that. Like, yeah. we know this, but America really needs to see just how much it profits from black people without really giving back for to black sure. people. But you know, get this black talent in Europe to work together with the top talent in the, in the United States, the top NBA talent. NFL is his own thing, sorry. Uh, like you said, I don't think NFL would work the same way. But get like like the LeBron James to, to, to team up with like whoever would be like the representative of like black European footballers to try to like work on collectively getting these infrastructures in place in Africa. Mm. That shit would be fucking fantastic. Yeah, they're currently working uh, NBA Africa and you know, um trying to kind of uh, put some infrastructure there i know my dad was actually part of that project in, in that's dope uh but you know i mean it's sl- slowly but surely but you know just i mean doing the basic stuff right like you have kids that are just you know again you talk about talent you know versus um athleticism but you know you have kids that like they're like bring like bringing them shoes and like teaching them the fundamentals of basketball right but there's some kids that i mean Hakeem Olajuwon is a perfect example, right? Like this is a, the dude that like, what did he he did like swimming and soccer. He was a goalie and oh really? He never yeah. played basketball until he came to America. Really? Yeah. Man, and same Hakeem same Olajuwon with Tim Duncan. Same with Tim Duncan, right? He was uh, he's from the Virgin Islands. He was a swimmer throughout his life. Something happened where like due to a hurricane, the pool was shut down in his school. And so he came to mainland uh, United States and then picked up basketball. And I mean, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, right? So there's some some folks, I think, you know, in these places that kind of just have it. And if they had like their resources and, you know, access to the facilities and the coaches and et cetera, you know, I think we would see a lot of talent that, you know, be cultivated that just hasn't been cultivated. So. All right, well, I don't have anything else to add. I think that should wrap it up for our update. Hopefully, you guys will hear this soon after we record it. Um, but yeah. For sure. All right, peace. Peace.